Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. I'm Tony Katz. The phone number, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. That is the number. Uh, we're still keeping up with this thing with the New York Times. It's so crazy. They hired a uh, member of the editorial board, someone who's going to write about tech, who's written about tech before in other places, including New York Magazine. Her name's Sarah Jung, J-E-O-N-G. And she has got, if you go back and you look at her tweets... Hashtag cancel white people. I love being cruel to white people. Is White people burn in the sun. Is that because they're supposed to live underground like goblins? I'm telling you, this is her Twitter feed. Dumbass blanking white people. Hashtag cancel white people. It's, it's crazy. And people have been like, how could you hire this woman? How is she on your editorial board? And the New York Times came out with a statement saying, you know, uh, as an Asian woman who writes in tech, she gets a lot of people who who dismiss her. And so she thought the best way to handle that at one time was to do the same kind of things that happened to her. She's realized that this isn't the best way to to have a conversation. And we've talked to her and told her that's just not the way we do things in the New York Times. She understands. And well, it won't be happening anymore. Bye bye. That's how the New York Times handled it. It's unbelievable. As I said, it's a page directly out of the TBS playbook when Samantha B was getting, catching all sorts of flack for what she said about Ivanka Trump and referred to her as a feckless, yeah. Um, well, she then apologized, and TBS, the, the, the network that she's on there with that show, uh, Full Frontal is the name of the show, um, TBS said, well, we're really glad she apologized. We thought that was the right thing, and we've learned from this, too. And She learned, and we learned, and, and we've all learned, and you learned. And that's good learning. Okay, bye. And then that was it. It's self-policing, right? No, no, no. We don't need anybody to, to come after us. You know, we don't need anybody to really bother our sponsors. We learned from this. We took care of it, and now we're moving on. Oh, look, squirrel. And that was it. That was that was the uh, totality of, of what took place. And nothing ever happened to Samantha B. She's gone on to be as just unfunny as ever. And now the New York Times took a page out of their playbook. Took a page out of their playbook. And as John Podhoritz is pointing out, and this is really good, Sarah Jiang is getting the benefit of the doubt. Kevin Williamson did not. Kevin Williamson, the writer from National Review, uh, where, I forgot where he got hired. Um, and the leftist went so crazy, he got fired in in a day. He got fired in a day, and and he's a he's a uh, a rather political writer. He uh he is a guy who has got some some serious things uh, to to say. And sometimes he says them in a unique way. It was the Atlantic, is where he was, because he had once uh he had once written some very t- wasn't anything like this. But to conversations uh, about um, uh, abortion and the death penalty. He had written some very strong tweets to try and get people to rethink the issue. And the left pointed to that, and he was fired from this job at the Atlantic he had for an hour and a half. She gets to stay. 
Kevin Williamson gone. It's it's really what we're what we're watching is gross. And what's crazy is I, I had somebody on Twitter. I'm like, who who can talk like this and still keep their job? And someone wrote back and said, uh, 45, meaning President Trump. And I wrote back, nice. Because it's just such a, you know, it was, it was a nice effort. It was a nice try to try and make a conversation where there isn't one. MS-13 are animals. These are the facts as presented. Illegal immigration is illegal. That's not disparaging. Those are the facts as presented. He could have handled Charlottesville better. But you don't get a, you don't ever want to be on the side of Antifa. Those communists, they're violent as hell. They're violent as hell. He could have handled Charlottesville better. He didn't handle it right on the first. He did he handled it fine the day after. And then he went back to it. And I thought he, he should not have gone back to it. We're defending we're de- we're defending her tweets uh, the, of this Sarah Young by saying, "Ah, oh, she was she was she didn't really mean it." Well, that's a great defense. I love the she didn't really mean it defense. I am totally using that, even though I'm never going to be the guy who is allowed to use it. I want to talk about Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock went to Ball State University. Jason Whitlock is a sports guy. Commentary on sports, uh, and uh, he's black, and he talks a lot about Black America and. There are people who don't like him at all. Don't like him at all. They they kind of refer to him as anti-black in, 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 in a lot of cases. But he went to Ball State, and it's important because uh, John Schnatter also went to Ball State, and John Schnatter is the guy who created Papa John's. And John Schnatter has been in a whole world of hurt since a uh, phone call, conference call that he was on with a PR company about how to deal with PR issues went south, and it was a conversation about uh, things that he had said in the past, right? So what he said in the past wasn't even, you know, racist, if you will. It was that he blamed the protests for lower sales at Papa John's, protests in the NFL, the people taking a knee. Oh, everyone was so angry. How dare you go after Colin Kaepernick like that? Lower sales because less people were watching. That's how he put it. Now, it wasn't tactful, but it wasn't racist. It was how he saw it. It was how a businessman saw the issue. And he took a lot of hits for that. So this was part of the conversation that this this PR call was having, this conference call was having. And in the conference call, he said, you know, I really took a lot of hits. Colonel Sanders used the N-word, except he used the full word. Uh, and uh, and uh, he got less uh, heat for it. Well, people on the conference call, They got very upset by that. They leaked the conference call. He then resigned his position at Papa John's. He now wants it back. John Schnatter wants his position back. Bring in Jason Whitlock. Because Jason Whitlock is saying that Ball State better treat him well. The the Cardinal Stadium over there, they're the the Cardinals, you know, uh, chirp, chirp. Uh... That's, that's Ball State. When you live in Indiana, you know these things, guys. I'm just telling you. I'm here to – the things that I have learned. You want my advice on a tenderloin? I've got it for you. The things you learn when you live in Indiana. Um, it's Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. They're the sponsor of it. He has spent a lot of money there. He spent a lot of money in a lot of places. Louisville, where he lives, you know, now, and he has spent some money. And he is saying that Ball State uh, is his family. We are all the same family. We better treat him like family. And one of the questions that Whitlock got asked was about the use of the N-word. And and by the way, even you know, I, if it wasn't for 
the uh, constraints of radio, I would talk like a person. Words are being used. I believe words should be used. It's not because I believe in the word, and I think that Whitlock has it right. I do not like the N-word. I've written for for years that no one, white or black, should use the word, particularly in public speech. Its use in commercial rap music is harmful to black people. I believe he is absolutely correct on that. And when I say I want to use it, I want to be able to quote properly what is being said, and I find it abhorrent that I'm not able to do that. I think it is it is cowardly. You write something anti-Semitic about Jews, I'll quote it. I'm Jewish. I, I, I get to it just fine. That's a personal thing, but I don't mind if, you know, if, I love my stations, and I want them to love me. So, you know, I, I go about it. But he's right about the fact that in, in conversation, I don't use it. No, why? What, what, what would be the point? What would be the purpose? Right? I also don't use disparaging words about Jewish people, etc. And he said that Mr. Schnatter's words, quote, did not harm black people. It was a tree falling in the woods. The only person disparaged was Colonel Sanders. But I do think he used poor judgment. And that's absolutely true. It's a fine look at uh, the at, at the entire uh, issue. And when asked about the kneeling of players, Whitlock said, to my knowledge, he said that Papa John's sales were hurt by the NFL's national anthem controversy and that he was disappointed in Commissioner Roger Goodell's leadership. I don't see how that's racist. Those are opinions about sales and a white commissioner. He's having the right conversation. And I'm sure he's going to be dismissed for it. Because if you don't fall in line... Well, you you can't clearly be serious. We should talk about falling in line. I'll get into more of that up next. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, so good to be with you on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. I've thought better of replying to somebody on Twitter who wants to tell me why socialized medicine is so good. Honestly, sometimes the best policy in social media, walk away. Walk away. I do so much less on Twitter. I mean, I'm there. Don't get me wrong. Follow me at Tony Katz. But really, it's it's Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, where I'm, I'm growing things out, building out things on Instagram as well, and and. The suggestion I keep getting is to be a little more political on Instagram. I'm like, but I want to use I want to use Instagram for my food loves, my cigar loves, and some of the other things. Uh, but people know me as a, as a culture and political commentator. So so you're not giving them that, and so it gets it gets so confusing. What I do know is that uh, Twitter is evil. Twitter is evil and destroys lives, and I want just no part of it. At all. No, really, really and truly none. But I was talking about, about Jason Whitlock and uh, John Schnatter, the the owner, the founder of Papa John's, and that whole controversy. And it was the idea of what happens when you say things that people believe you're not supposed to say because of some other characteristic. I have said this many times. I have said it on air. I have said it on Fox News. I have said it everywhere. For the left, if you're black and you're a conservative or you say something conservative, it means you're not really black. 
if you're a woman and you're a conservative or you say things that are conservative, you're not really a conservative. If you're gay and a conservative, you're not really a conservative. That happens all the time. It is the complete and total dismissal. It's as if if you are part of a certain group, identifying group, you have absolutely no right to think any other way than the way they told you you have to think. If you don't think the way they have told you you have to think, you are not allowed in the club. Bitch, get out. That's what they say. They take a look at you and say, oh, you're not going to... You're not going to fall in line? Okay, then. And out you go. Gone you are. They have absolutely no real interest in diversity. They talk a big game, but diversity is not what they want. What in the hell's diversity? Well, I I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. That brings us to Dak Prescott. Because Dak Prescott is getting it from everywhere. And, man, I have seen tweets about him. I, I can't, I'm not allowed to repeat. Let's say there are a lot of people who are black. Dak Prescott is the quarterback for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. He is black. And what he has said is that, uh, yeah, he's not in favor of kneeling during the national anthem. He doesn't think it's a time or place for protest. And there have been a lot of people responding to him who are black. And some of those people, very unhappy with him, and some of those people have referred to him as the kind of guy who stays in the house over the field. I'll leave it at that. I mean, it's just, it's awful. It is awful. He has said that he wouldn't take the knee. He doesn't think that the 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 national anthem is the place for a protest. And there's no doubt that the protests have hurt the NFL. There's no doubt. He has said that he understands what what Colin Kaepernick was trying to do. He understands what other players are trying to do. He just thinks it's the wrong time in the place, uh, wrong venue uh, to protest. It's not a question whether he thinks there's social injustice. He thinks there's social injustice. However, um, he's not going to sit there and and say to you uh, that this is the this is uh, for him. He can't have that opinion. Of course he can have that opinion. Now, you might agree or disagree with the opinion. Very often when people give an opinion, I disagree with it. I say so. I never once said he can't have that opinion. Colin Kaepernick was more than entitled to take a knee in NFL games. You know what he wasn't allowed to do? To make the claim that there would be no repercussions. Because we're not having an argument about free speech here. That's the myth. That's the total mythology. Everything you do has repercussions. You have a boss. There's an investment in you. There's a brand to protect. There are repercussions. The stations that I'm on, there are repercussions, which is why I don't say certain words. because Not because I don't want to have the conversation. I do not want to hurt them. I respect them that much. They matter that much. Now, usually with me, it's about you know, quoting things in context, because I hate when I can't quote something in context. It isn't about the use of, of certain words that we really and truly deem as ugly, because they have an ugly history. 
I don't need them in my life. I don't need them in my speech. I, I don't use them. But when I want to quote something, I want to be able to quote it to give it its full effect. And out of respect for the stations, I don't do that. Out of respect for people's brands, I don't do that. Right? Because I know if I do, I take the hit. So I'm willing to say, okay, I can respect that. I can appreciate that. It seems that this is exactly what Dak Prescott is doing. He has the way he wants to go about it for the reasons he wants to go about it. Now, you can agree or disagree with that. That's fine. But we're going to start calling him names. We're going to start attacking him, calling him a sellout. What's the sellout? If you see a better way, there's a better way. Go about the better way. Now, this is the part where I, I wish more players would get involved than others. Go about the better way. If you think taking a knee really brings uh, a light <laughs> uh, to, to injustice, I don't think it does. I think if you're meeting with local uh, police departments, I think if you're there on the streets, I think if you are bringing to light uh, via social media or, or uh, other media uh, what you see as a problem, if you're making comment to it, I think all that's fine. If you want to organize rallies in at places, go right ahead. The First Amendment is yours as well as it is mine. But there are ramifications to all the things. Ramifications to all the things. You know, I talk about using certain words. I want to be able to quote things uh, in context and properly. But I also understand that there are words I wouldn't use anyway. It's that I want to be able to do it. So I can share properly so you can hear what it is. But of course I, I, I deal with my realities. And of course I deal with what, what works for me. And, 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 and where do you want to, what, what hill do you want to die on? What, what fight do you really want to have? What Dak Prescott is saying is that this isn't the place to have the fight. That's an okay conversation to have. That is absolutely more uh, than, than acceptable. And he's getting vilified for it. Vilified for having an opinion. It's, it's, it really is ugly to watch. It is totally ugly to watch. And this Urban Meyer story is getting crazier and crazier. Because supposedly James O'Keefe has got himself... Uh, some news on this subject. So Urban Meyer is the coach for Ohio State University football. And Urban Meyer is not being accused of abusing anybody. But a assistant coach on his staff who um, recently uh, was let go, he is being accused of abusing his wife back in 2015. There's also a story of abuse going back to 2009, to which he was also a staff member for Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer and his wife did get involved and got him and his wife counseling. So there's clearly a, a knowledge base here of, of, of an issue. Well, supposedly something happened in 2015. Supposedly the wife of this assistant coach contacted the wife of Urban Meyer and let her know. But Urban Meyer is claiming he knew nothing about it. Now, Ohio State University has put Coach Meyer on paid administrative leave pending an investigation. What is the investigation about? Whether he not he knew anything about an allegation of abuse in 2015 and whether or not he did anything about it. Because possibly if he didn't do anything about it or didn't report it, the allegation, it's possible cause to have him fired. It's possible cause uh, to, for him to be fired. 
It's really and truly something else. Now, yeah, I've got it right here. I bring out, um, I brought up James O'Keefe because there was this statement uh, that James O'Keefe made, said, you know, we've been working on something regarding Urban Meyer, and we, we've been working on it. We weren't going to release it uh, just yet, but th- this uh, makes us need to release it. It's called Unfair Game, Urban Meyer, A History of Abuse. And it's about how former NCAA athletes shed light on the coach's abusive treatment of players in undercover videos. Um, how one uh, one guy said uh, they had a guy's quads explode ugh, in the weight room during what we call the Valentine's Day Massacre. There were these mat drills where people would literally get choked out. A lot of what played into my depression was they humiliated me. They said I was a can't say it on on air. Uh, this was going back to when he was a coach uh, uh, at at the University of Florida. He was throwing full bottles of Gatorade at people. Now there has long been a conversation about things that happened with players of his and things that he may have looked the other way on, or the whole team looked the other way on in terms of players who got in trouble with the law. I'm not discounting that. I'm saying that doesn't apply to the conversation about an allegation of domestic abuse. And that's why the story is getting stranger and stranger. So this is now out uh, from uh, from uh, from Veritas right here about him and what players were saying about Urban Meyer. But this is the first video, says uh, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, in an undercover series exposing issues in the NFL and the NCAA. I'm going to keep up with this. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the number here, 833-468-8669. That is the phone number. Would you eat here? Like, we should should, uh, do that. Uh, This is Madison, Wisconsin, which the first time, whenever you hear Madison, Wisconsin, you should immediately take a step back. You should say, you know, Madison. Well, that's just great. Take a step. Madison is uh, it's it's Berkeley, you know. It's 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 whatever number of square miles surrounded by reality. That's Madison, Wisconsin. Outrageously, outrageously left. And they have a pay what you can restaurant. That's interesting. You, you we've seen uh, albums go out like this. Was it was a Radiohead? I think their last album they put out. Uh, they didn't put out via label. They said, here it is. Download it. Pay us what you want. Have a nice day. No label costs, nothing like that. I, I think they cleaned up. I think they did uh, pretty good. Uh, this restaurant is uh, from Chef uh, Dave Hyde, H-E-I-D-E. He's got two successful restaurants in Madison, and he opened the third one because he wanted to do something for a greater cause, right? And there are, there are restaurateurs like this. You know, a lot of restaurateurs uh, getting into the idea of uh, – 
uh, more farm to table stuff. They want to be able to source their own products. Um, there's there's a restaurant in I live in Indianapolis, uh, Public Greens, which is owned by uh, Martha Hoover, the Cafe Patitu people. Great organ, great organization, great restaurant group, and uh, that's what a lot of this is is about. Not to this extent. I'll get to that in a second. But about growing your own and producing your own, it's fine. The meals that they create are meant to save food because 50% of food we create ends up in a landfill. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if half the food we create ends up in a landfill. But the plan of the pay-what-you-can restaurant is to use ingredients that come from unsold items at grocery stores. So unsold food, unused food, is what he will be using as his ingredients to make his meals. The employees, military veterans having a tough time getting back into the workforce. He explained that we don't want to have bad food. We're just going to pick through. Think about an apple. We're going to cut out that one tiny little dot, and the rest of the apple is still an amazingly good apple. He wants to use vets uh, to give him a jumping board to move on to other places. Uh, and he wants to be able to cut down on, on food waste. Doesn't have a location yet. Doesn't have an opening day yet. All he's got is uh, an, an idea right now. I actually think it's fine. We're not talking about spoiled food. We're not talking about rotten food. But we have seen cases uh, where food goes to waste. There are restaurants that want to be able to donate food to, let's say, uh, shelters. And they can't because the rules, the laws don't let them. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous! It is ridiculous what goes on sometimes, and and the extent uh, to which uh, we uh, we hurt ourselves uh, by but in and in the guise of doing good, we hurt ourselves in the guise of somehow doing the right thing and 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 taking care of one another. It's just it's just so absolutely awful. You've got all this food in a restaurant, you can't can't give it away. You can't even give it away. We're not talking about selling it. We're talking about giving it away. That's that's crazy. So that's the pay-what-you-can restaurant. Would you eat there? The answer is yes, I would. The answer is yes, I would eat there. You know why? Because uh, as long as the food's good, um, I'm I'm cool with it. I don't need to. I don't know what kind of apples they get now. So why in the world would I somehow be bothered by the apple that they had to cut some, you know, the the, the brown spot out of? I'm fine with it. And now, another Second Amendment success story. You don't say you're sorry when you shoot someone. On Tony Catch Today. It's a good story. No, it's not a good story. It's an awful story, but it's a good story. There is a man by the name of Tay Lovelace. And, uh... Last week, they attend a church event in Newton County, Georgia, when a 21-year-old named Justine Mueller, wearing only his underwear, approached them, strips down, and exposes himself. The, the guy's got other family uh, present, and this, this guy, uh, Tay Lovelace, asks him to leave several times. And not only did he come back naked, according to Lovelace, he ran directly up to my kids and the mother of my child. And I said to him, how nice is this dude? He, he, I said to him, 
Would you please leave the scene? You're causing trouble. You don't even have any clothes on. So the guy leaves. Comes back. He's being more aggressive. According to the police report, he had been running towards several children with his arms open and appeared to be grabbing himself. He was already touching people before he was naked, so when he came up running directly toward the kids, that's a problem. It could have went sour if I didn't have anything to defend myself. I didn't know what he was capable of doing. Defending himself with his firearm. So Lovelace, is, he sees it, he's, he goes and he gets his, his firearm. He tells his grandmother to call 911. And then he chased this guy away until he jumped into a pond where he tried to hide. And here is this guy, Tay Lovelace, holding him at gunpoint. The naked dude who is now in the pond. And by the way, the police arrive. They see a guy holding a gun, pointing it at the, at the pond. They tell, they tell Lovelace to drop his gun. Lovelace drops his gun. While the cop had his firearm toward me, the guy gets up and runs away and jumps in the river. And then they caught him from there. Yeah, a crazy naked guy running at you, that's a reason to make sure you can protect your family. And what's great about this story, and this guy has been charged, by the way, the guy was charged with child molestation, public indecency, being under the influence, a whole bunch of things. What's great about the story is that not a shot was fired. What's great about the story is not that anybody died, right? I mean, so often you, you hear stories, you know, the home intruder was shot and killed. And like, yeah, not, not necessarily. It's that the family had the ability to defend themselves. The guy said, you know what? This situation's getting too serious for me. I need to make sure my family is safe. And he was able to be proactive in that safety. That's the story. And that's what makes it so good. That's what makes it so important. That's why I'm a Second Amendment advocate. That's why it's a Second Amendment success story. It's that he was able to be proactive. I don't... It seems like somehow the the anti gun crowd never really gets that. They never they never seem to be able to understand the importance of that. To be able to protect your family is extremely important. It it soothes the soul. I want to be able to protect my family. I want to know that I'm capable of doing that. It matters to me. I think it matters to a lot of people. I think it matters to 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 you. Now, if it doesn't, that's okay. I'm not here to tell you how to live. It's your family. But it mattered enough to Tay Lovelace, and I'm glad he was in a position to do it. Glad he was in a position to protect himself. By the way, in my life, no one naked has ever run up upon me like that. Not yet? Is it, day's not over? Oh, it's going to be an interesting drive home. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. That's what you do. That's what makes all this work. Is when you like the page. It just makes everything better. Instagram, Tony Katz, uh, as well. Man, it's been, a, it's been a big Jim Acosta day. It's been a huge Jim Acosta day. But I haven't shared, I haven't shared this. 
Donald Trump, I think, did have uh, a bad a bad month. July was a bad month, but that's not the end, right? It's certainly not over for the man. It's and the people who keep wanting to say it's done, it's over, it's finished. Um, none of that is true. It's wishful thinking more than anything else. And Free Beacon put together a uh, bit of a montage of the amount of agent news agencies, uh, news people, news outlets, whatever you want to call them, who want to talk about how the walls are closing in on President Trump and they related it to uh, 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 was it Han Solo and Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca in The Crusher. They're the original Star Wars. It's pretty funny. feels like the walls are closing in on the White House. It feels as if the walls are closing in here. I think the walls of, of justice are closing in on President Trump. Increasingly desperate, feeling like the walls are closing in. The president clearly feels all the walls closing in on him in terms of the Russia investigation. The walls are closing in. I, I think at this point the walls are spinning. It does feel like the walls are closing in, but think that the administration at this point can start to see the walls closing in. He feels the walls closing in on him. Everybody he talks to says the walls are closing in. This is another potential wall closing in. This president is feeling the walls are closing in. The walls, meanwhile, are closing in on the president of the United States. I think he's feeling the Russia investigation. I think he's feeling the wheels, the, the, the walls closing in on him. He knows that the walls are closing in. The walls may be closing in higher up at the White House. The yeah, I think we get the idea. The walls, are closing, the walls are closing in on him. I think the walls we are closing general... in on the president right now. That Donald Trump feels the walls closing in. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people with the same exact mathematics that the walls are closing in. The walls are not closing in, people. That's that's not it. A bad month can happen. A bad month can happen. That does not mean the walls are closing in. What that does mean is that there's a tremendous amount of wishful thinking out there in the world. An absolutely tremendous amount of wishful thinking. In no way does it mean that you've got yourself uh, and and the end of a presidency or whatever other craziness people want to get into. Not in the slightest. Not at all. Don't 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 believe. Don't believe what should not be believed. You know it's you know it's garbage. You know it's garbage, so just say so. It's garbage. That that's all there that's all there is to it. Nothing more. Uh n- nothing less. You know, you hear craziness and be like sweat. You know, just made you sweat a little. God. Nicole Wallace, she is she is she is slowly becoming one of the worst people in the world. And then there's the piano guy. He's delivering pizza for Domino's, right? I, th- I thought it was Domino's. And and he, he's there. He's delivering the pizza. He's like, wow, it's a nice baby grand. You, 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 mind, if, you mind if I play? And they're like, uh, sure, go, go, go ahead. Go, you know, go if you can. And so the kid sits down, and this is him. He starts playing Beethoven. I mean, he's just, he is just destroying. His name is uh, Bryce Doodle. And you're right, it was not uh, uh, Domino's, it was Hungry Howie's. I didn't even know Hungry Howie's was still in business. 
Um, they're getting they're getting a, a pepperoni pie. Uh, the family, the Varchetti family, or is it Varchetti? And he starts playing. So now they took video, like, whoa! They take video of the whole thing. It's gone viral. I, and what what happens when when uh, when when something like this happens? Does he like get? Does he get a contract? Is someone like, you know what? You're a star, kid. I only thought you could deliver pizzas. I didn't know you had talent. You got moxie. You got spunk. Come here, let me put you on stage. Like I don't. I'm some Jiminy Glick. I like you, kid. I think you're good. I don't know what happens, but every. I mean, yeah, kid plays piano. Good on him. He's also self-taught, which I think is always very impressive. I think is always very impressive. I would have loved, but it's my fault. It's my fault. I I played, I mean, I played bass guitar growing up. Mistake. I had fun with it, don't get me wrong, but my brother played guitar, and so I was like, oh, I'll play bass guitar. And I should have just said, yeah, I'm going to play guitar. I would have been much happier. Much happier. I enjoyed my time playing bass. I actually still have my original bass guitar. And the one little nick that I have uh, in it, my uh, Honer PJ, in case you were curious what my uh, bass guitar was in white. It was a Honer PJ. But no, I should have I uh, played regular guitar. I tried to learn, but I, I it, for me, it was too late. I'd already kind of ruined it in my head. Uh, I took piano lessons, but I sh- just, I, I, didn't, I didn't try. When I look back on it, it's not like I wasn't good or anything else or the lessons weren't right. I didn't really try. I didn't really put effort into it. I just said, why isn't this coming easy? All you do is press the white keys and sometimes the black keys, and ta-da. Didn't put the effort into it. I wonder. I Like, like it's one of those things where, well, never mind, I wouldn't know where to put it in my house. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to put the piano in my house. I, I would, uh, I'd love to give that a go again. I think I'd enjoy it. I think I'd find it comforting, you know? Um, and then again, uh, would I, would I, do I really want to put the practice in? Do I really want to get back to that level of how, how many hours does it really take? That's why I think you do it as a kid and it sticks with you and you can enjoy it and the, and, and the whole thing. It's like, they talk about learning languages that way. They talk about so many of these things, you know, you do it as a kid and then it's so much easier. It's tougher as an adult. I don't know. I don't know. There are a lot of things I, I do now, you know, that, that I didn't do as a kid, like go to bed at 8 PM. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never did that as a kid. See, I can learn things. I can totally learn things. Oh, there was something else I wanted to uh, I wanted to get into. It, wa- it wasn't Acosta. It was it was not. Oh, I just I could just mock Acosta all day long. Oh, this from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. President has been closely following the ongoing situation in Turkey involving Pastor Andrew Brunson. We've seen no evidence that Pastor Brunson has done anything wrong, and we believe he is a victim of unfair and unjust detention by the government of Turkey. At the president's direction, the Department of Treasury is sanctioning Turkey's Minister of Justice and Minister of Interior, both of whom played leading roles in the arrest and detention of Pastor Brunson. As a result, any property or interest in property of both ministers within U.S. jurisdiction is blocked and U.S. persons are generally prohibited from engaging in transactions with them. For anything further, I would refer you to the Treasury Department on that front. This is going to be huge. Now, it was Mike Pence, he was speaking at, at an event, uh, the vice president, where he said, you know, that, that Pastor Brunson needed to be returned to the United States, otherwise there would be consequences. He was released from prison. He's now on house arrest in Turkey. Erdogan is just messing with us, President Erdogan of Turkey. 
And these these sanctions are the first step in letting Turkey know that their move eastward, they're turning away from their westward leanings that have benefited them so greatly, even being a Muslim-majority nation all these years, including being a NATO nation. Well, that's slowly coming to an end. And I believe you're going to start hearing the conversation about removing Turkey from NATO, something we've been talking about for a long, long time, damn straight. Turkey is a problem. They're more and more eastward looking. They're interested in hegemony in the Middle East. They're interested in uh, usurping Iran in that regard. They already have a relationship with Russia. And they have something that these other nations don't have. U.S. hardware. As a NATO nation. A lot of U.S. hardware. Turkey is about to become front and center in everybody's life. It always should have been. Turkey's a real problem. More on this tomorrow, everyone. Take care of the podcast, TonyCats.com or WIBC.com. Yeah.